Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. weekend, including, of course, Texas versus Rice. Patrick, big fat poll of the day. Little NFL, little NBA, a little MLB. We'll get to it all and some picks for you at the end of the day. We might even have some U.S. Open talk. We might even have some of that if we have time to get to it. Uh, But today we are out and about amongst the people out at Round Rock Hyundai. Round Rock Hyundai going to be partying here all day long. If you want to come up and join us, we got the whole crew. Myself, Aaron Hogan is here. Jacob is here. Marcus is here. KK is here. You can come out and join us. Round Rock Hyundai, it is at 2405 North Interstate 35 up here in Round Rock. You can find it. It's right off the highway. Come out and say, hey, if you need any more information, stuff, check it out at hornfm.com. We got the information up there as well. It's going to be on our social medias, all that good stuff. Uh, But today on the show, and remember, you can join the conversation. 512-337-3776 to Specs Text Line. I can't read it, but Ty will read it. And then if we have anything good, Ty Henderson's back in the studio, and he'll tell us what you said. But you have to make it good enough for Ty to read it to us. Joining me today, though, since we're up here around our Hyundai, Mr. Aaron Hogan. Aaron, are you doing good today? I am. I drove the the Hyundai Genesis out here. So, uh, oh, you ready? Yeah, yeah. See, a little, little plug early. Yeah. <laughs> the Genesis, I'm a big fan of the vehicle and the, the brand. There's no doubt. I've had two. I've had two now. And, uh, yeah, 35, get off at Old Settlers, go through the light, and you're there. That's perfect. Right That's- past the McDonald's. Right past the McDonald's. Come on down and say hey to us. We'll be here till 645, getting ready for Vandegrift football. Uh, as well tonight, they'll be taking on Cedar Park, taking Ooh. over at 645. A good game. You talked to the, the head coach, right, this week? Yeah, Drew Sanders. You know, it's funny because Drew started the program at Vandegrift up there at the top of the hill on uh, 22-22. And, uh, you know, when they – people maybe don't know, but Cedar Park, when Vandegrift started, it, it broke off from Cedar Park. Yeah. So when they were not a varsity school yet, they still – as they were in ninth and 10th grade football, they, they pretty much lived at the Cedar Park High School. That's where they went to the weight room, and that's where they did all their well, – the, well, the, when they were coming online. So it's a, it's a backyard brawl. It's a neighborhood rivalry, and obviously Vandergriff has kind of flipped it from what it used to be when it first started. But, uh, yeah, Drew Sanders is the only coach that they've ever had for the Vipers and uh, Cedar Park. It'll be a good game. Be, he told us that the, the tickets sold out in two minutes for the two home minutes. side. For the home Jeez. side, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. passionate out there in uh, West Austin, no doubt about it, for the Vipers, who were in the state title game a year ago. Yeah, it is going to be a good game. Check that out uh, pregame at 645. I know we talked to Merle Bertrand, and he's said there's going to be a lot of activity in the pregame. <laughs> yeah. So you want to check out the whole thing. Uh, let's start to get into it, Aaron. It's kind of the, it's kind of the West, yes. northwest Austin version of Texas OU kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's a rivalry. All they, grew up with, they all grew up together. Is there like a creek we can make it the, the Red uh, Creek? So you know, wherever that, that boundary line is, it's Cedar Park into Vandegrift. That, maybe it's, uh, um, gosh, what is it, uh, 620. 620. 620 yes. is the creek. Okay, 620 <laughs> is the creek. I like it. I like it. Uh, big news today. ACC made the decision overnight to add Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Stanford and Cal are coming in, uh, adding a lot. SMU is coming in, not asking for money. That is we'll basically. We'll pay our own way. <laughs> we will pay our own way, but let us in. Please let us in. Uh, but Stanford and Cal, it, it officially has made basically every conference now has brought in somebody that doesn't fit in the geographical region that, uh, that they, are, they, they are claiming. 
Uh, we have now got them to be, you know, bring it. But it, it leaves. It, it's the official end of the Pac-12. Uh, they're officially Pac-10, Pac-12. They are officially gone now though with only Oregon State and Washington State left, which you figure are just going to end up in the Mountain West. Yes, uh, they'll they'll roll into that and they'll get some type of a TV package with ESPN and yeah. they'll be relegated, as it were. But, which is why yes, why SMU yeah. is willing to pay their way in because they're going to stay elevated in the uh, the final sixty eight, the they, group of the group of four. That yeah, you want to be in that group, especially when you know that this is all kind of setting up to a, a new form of college football. At least the deals and the conferences and the playoffs and everything. You want to be in that power four now group. Uh, you don't want to get left out, and so SMU to have any hope of trying to sell anything to to grow their program, they need to be in it. But for Stanford and Cal, this is a move you kind of have to make, unless you were going to try and merge and pretend that you could pick up the Mountain West and make a merger kind of with them in the Pac-12. I don't know who else you were going to get over there. And for the ACC, it makes sense for a lot of these teams because it just gives you a little bit more validity in these discussions. When you've had a couple down years in the ACC, uh, we got a big game on Sunday night with Florida State and LSU, if, you know, there's a lot riding on this season for the ACC with the television deal signed till 2036. People are starting to get a little antsy in the ACC, the Clemsons and Florida States and, and, and North Carolinas. They're getting antsy. Well, I mean, the way it played out, if you read the between the lines and behind the scenes, the political game, they needed, they needed uh, three – well, they needed 80% of the votes, right, yeah. to get it in. And they had they were the stumbling block. There were four schools blocking the move of adding the three schools that came in today, and they were North Carolina, Florida State, Clemson, yep. and NC State. Somehow, some of the way along the line here, the NC State vote was flipped. Yes. Which whatever that was, whatever the political prodding was, it flipped, which then made it impossible for the big the big three. I guess you would call them North Carolina, Clemson, and FSU. They're they're the biggest brands in the in the, in yes. the ACC. They were against the move. Notre Dame would be the biggest of the big, but they're kind of halfway in. But those three were steadfast against it. And there was a, a message I saw today or a tweet from an insider that said that the ACC has forever breached the, the, the bond with those three schools. So you can wait for the next part of this because they're going to try to fight to get out. Um, but, again, that's the next, you know, um, domino to be played. But they won't leave a conference. They, or they, they're going to stay within the 68. They're going to try to wiggle their way into the SEC or the Big Ten. Yes. is what those three schools will try to do. But NC State was the deciding vote, as it turns out. Some, whatever that story will be told, somehow you know, they were flipped. I mean, it seems, if you look at it, that NC State was maybe you know, more pushed on the other way to get it to vote out because it makes more sense for them to allow other teams in. Yes. They're not on the big brand side of it. Correct. So it would make more sense they fight there. So maybe UNC or, or Clemson or someone was like, we'll take you with us. I, I could guess UNC said, we will take you with us when we leave if – if you don't vote for but this. N- but N- I think NC State realized that they can't take – the Big Ten's not taking NC State. Right, exactly. Or the SEC. They, they but made, I have been told – a hollow promise. I have been told by a lot of folks at the highest levels of conferences in the TV networks that N- North Carolina, of those three brands, would be the biggest that they would want. North Carolina would be, would be more desired than Clemson and Florida State just because of the market in Charlotte. Um, you know, the North Carolina is seen as a bigger brand, and that, like, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah. Because the academics, it would fit in a big way. Uh, with what they're doing, it would be another big state school. The uh, academics that apparently they do now. Well, the, the Big Ten presidents still care, <laughs> still claim to care. Well, I know, I'm just saying. I UNC, think it's all a charade. UNC had the biggest academic scandal. <laughs> yeah. in the last but decade. The, but the uni- let's talk, let's leave athletics out of it. The university side is really strong. Yes, yes, it's a great yes, university. Yes, yes, much like Michigan, right? Whose football coach is suspended for three games to start the season, <laughs> but it's a great school. 
there's other problems with it. No, that was uh, no. What I agree with you. And North Carolina is one of the few schools that can offer a super strong basketball program and then also a strong football program. And, and so it just gives you that added element of with you know when you're trying to basically milk the two biggest sports. UNC is is a huge brand. Plus, yeah, they they own a lot of the Eastern Seaboard. So, you know, Florida State and Clemson both won out. I don't know. Clemson makes a lot of sense in the SEC. Yes. So I, I feel like they have a place. They, they're not going to try and go Big Ten anyway. They would try and go to the SEC. Uh, they're already their biggest rival is South Carolina, who's in the SEC. So it would be an easy jump for them to do as well. And Florida State, you probably just end up in the SEC playing, you know, you go over there with Florida as well. and you could. Well, I think that's interesting, too, because I don't – again, Greg Sankey, and, and we always have to say what, yeah. what these people say – these people say publicly and what they really believe are two different things. Yep. But Greg Sankey has said in, uh, very recently, we're good at 16. We like yes. our 16-team league. We're – because, you know, cause in, the, in the wake of that Friday, which – welcome to Friday. It all happens on Friday, Patrick. It all happens. It all happens it's Friday, Friday morning or Friday late news dump. <laughs> It all falls on Friday because it was Friday when Oregon and Washington joined the Big Ten. Uh, the four corner schools all joined the Big 12 all in one day in that historic day. And now this is an, another Friday of history. That day or, or recent, right after that, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, said, look, we're, we're, because immediately after that there were reports that Florida State and Clemson were trying to jump into the yes. SEC. And Sankey came out real quick and said, no, no, no. We're good at 16. We're not going to be the group that upsets the apple cart next. We're happy with where we are. Texas and Oklahoma are our big play. Uh, we're good with that. Our, our, our leadership are good with that. Um, but So, again, Florida State and Clemson can want out, but they have to have a place to go. They're not certainly going to leave to the yes. group of six. No. They can't go form their own conference. They've got to be in. Uh, and that's where I think the ACC is banking on, that they don't have a place to go. Exactly, and I, I think there they is... They can saber-rattle all they want, yeah. but where are they going? Also, we know Sankey told Bob Bowlesby that expansion is not the way of the future, so don't worry about it, and then stole Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, I know. So I, I, you can take him not fully at his word. Not at all. Uh, also being said, there may be a point where you go to teams like Missouri and you go, well, you know, if Clemson and Florida State want to come here, and I get we have a contract, but there may be some schools that... We're not, we're not so worried about pushing out, and you guys are not carrying your weight. Well, let's also never forget that why they say what they say at the yeah. conference commissioner level, the presidential level. ESPN's the one driving this. If ESPN uh-huh. wants Florida State and Clemson in the SEC, they'll get that. Yeah. They will get that. Uh, if they don't, and they're happy with them, because the, I would say that ESPN, who owns those grants of rights through 2036, is going to stay on the side of the – because they want those brands in that conference. Yeah. They don't need those brands in. They got plenty of brands in the SEC. ESPN does. They got p- plenty of TV inventory and games to put on on Saturdays out of the SEC, and they already own the ACC. Why? Because again, Fox and ESPN have been the ones pushing all of this. They're the, the Wizard of Oz behind the the screen, yep. who's making all this happen. Uh, that that's forcing you know the the as you said to start this whole conversation, Patrick Davis. The who cares about regionality? Who cares about geography? It doesn't matter. It's TV. Yeah. It's TV, it's games, it's, it's TV inventory, it's programming. Uh, so if ESPN, whatever ESPN wants is what they'll get in this case because they control ACC and SEC. If they would like to see those two schools in, they'll help make it happen. If they won't, there's no way those schools get out. No, I mean, when you talk about that, we saw Klyovkov, he, there When it came out that he, ESPN offered them $30 million, uh, uh school per year, and he turned it down and asked for fifty. And ESPN went, cool, we'll kill your conference. See ya. <laughs> you, I don't think you understand who you're talking to. 
<laughs> yes, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's exactly right, and that's where I think it, you know we get this a lot. I know you get it a lot on the text line. People are talking about, well, this team's better on the field. This team's done better in the last yeah. ten years. This is a better football program. ESPN does not care about that. They're looking for media markets. They're looking for uh, for stretching the brand and stretching the, the the footprint. They're looking for TV sets, programming. Yeah. That's what it is, and that's why SMU's in. Quite honestly, the only reason SMU is a part of this is a they're willing to come in for nothing. Uh, which which is everyone will agree to, and they get a foot in the DFW, which now the ACC has a team in Texas in the fourth biggest media market in the country, uh, and no, consider you know you know a Clemson or a, or a Florida State or a North Carolina, every every couple of years they're going to play a game in the DFW, a yep. road game in Dallas. Yep. What coach doesn't want to play a road game in Dallas yep. and a winnable road game in Dallas <laughs> that you can roll into and win? Yeah. And, and, and recruit Texas better. Look how much it changed A&M when A&M moved into the SEC and, and opened the door to, the, to Texas, to the SEC, to be playing games in Texas. It, it changed everything. Uh, so that's why SMU is a part of this. And they're, you know, the irony of all of it is 40 years ago they got, they got shut down as a program because they had these big money boosters that were you know, paying players on a spreadsheet and a ledger, uh, which apparently was a problem. And the governor was in on it. The whole bit was great. Uh, so they shut the program down, and now those same big money boosters are the ones keeping them alive and keeping them in the yeah. group of sixty-eight. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's an interesting thing to see because they don't mean, we don't need the money. We're now, good. How many of these schools now that we look at and did you know were got caught? Let's put it that way. Like the whole Reggie Bush thing now is always funny when you see that, and then Johnny Manziel comes out with a documentary where he blatantly admits to taking money while he was in school, oh, and gosh. he still has his Heisman. <laughs> And Patrick, it's ludicrous. <laughs> LSU is playing Florida State on Sunday, and the best defensive lineman for LSU is suspended because before NIL was, elite, was legal, yeah. he did a signing, an autograph signing. It's so dumb. He, he, and he, for something that would be completely legal today, yes. he did it before the window opened, and so now he's going to sit out again. And, and those ones, too. I, I get when people can say they have an issue with NIL for – uh, people basically getting money for just playing the game. Yeah. But the autograph signings are like, are you? That is that is a level of amateurism that people want. That has always been crazy to me. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's TV drive driven without yes. a doubt, and Fox and ESPN are the drivers. And the next big thing will be how much ESPN or excuse me, Amazon and, and Apple get involved. That's true. They were involved at the end with the Pac-12. They're dabbling. They got the MLS. They're they're into the NFL. Their next step, and we've talked about this, Rod and I, in the mornings, Patrick. You know, there's a lot of people that think either one of those, one of those, you know, monsters, Amazon or Apple, could swoop in and buy ESPN. Like, yeah. if you want to get into the sports media rights game, what quicker way? And and as we we've talked about, it was a, there's a website called uh, uh, Front Office Sports. We wrote a story about this that, and according to Business Insiders, Apple could buy ESPN with the the change in their couch cushions, essentially. I mean, they have, they're such a, a – the, the valuation of that company. And we know that Disney is struggling. Disney, uh, Disney Corp. is not in a great place financially. They would sell ESPN. Uh, and if you buy ESPN, you now – you take all the college football, all the NFL, all the F1 races, every sport. They yeah. already, they've already got all the media rights. They don't have to get into negotiation battles with those uh, leagues to get – they just buy ESPN and they have, they have it all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they could keep the ESPN brand if they wanted to. They would just have the rights, and then it would all lead to the streaming that they already have set up. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, you just basically take your Apple TV Plus and put ESPN Plus onto that yep. thing, and you, you then you can still run the games. Or Amazon, regular. whichever one. And you can put – yeah, it, it all makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, that'll be the next – and I, I'm curious, too. I think there's some people waiting for kind of the, you know, the dust to settle. Because everything happens so much over the off season, and now we're in the season, 
and you see, okay, how are these new teams in the Big 12? How is the Big 12 going to stack up against the SEC? How is – you know, how is the SEC going to stack up against these other conferences now they've added other players? Like a Utah wins last night and, you know, looks pretty good in most of that game, even without Cam Rising in the game. If Utah and then they're coming to the Big 12, all right, well, they just beat a SEC team. Yeah. And I think that throughout this season, especially early on, we're getting these non-conference games. It is going to be a lot of those powers that be will be watching to see which conference can differentiate itself as the bigger names. And if those other conferences like an ACC and a Big 12, if they hang with the Big 10 and SEC through th- this season, through records, through and then in the bowl games and everything else, they it'll it'll push them well, a little bit different of TV. You're thinking. right about that. I mean, it, look again it, it, as this falls out, and I mean, Rod and I talked about this this morning because this story broke yes. uh, in the morning, and so we had it early. And and you know, my opinion is that they're going to stay at 68 now because now they're 68. Yep. Uh, there's 18, 18, 16, and 16, if you can include Notre Dame in the ACC, uh, which I believe that they are because football is all that matters, and they're pretty much in the ACC in football. Yeah. Not in the rest of their, their sports. But so, so 18, 18, 16, and 16, the, the schools are done. There's no, you know, Washington State and Oregon State are out. There's really no other school that has an argument to join the 68. So yeah. you have your group of four. Um, and really that whole thing that you just said, Patrick, is right. The big, no one's ever going to catch the Big Ten. Because as back to the TV rights, the Big Ten sells media rights in the number one market in the in the country at New York. They've got number two in L.A. now, and they've got number three in Chicago and Philadelphia, which is four or five, depending on what ranking you're looking at, because they have Penn State and, and Maryland and the upper eastern seaboard. So that's why they are getting $100 million. And they have all these huge state schools with huge alumni bases that are passionate about their college football and their athletics. So Big Ten, no one will ever catch them. That's why the SEC makes less money, or the schools in the SEC make less than the Big Ten because they're in smaller markets. Yeah. They're in the deep south. Atlanta's the biggest market. Now Austin's in. Dallas, Houston come in. A&M in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, but those are their biggest markets. The Big Ten has the biggest market, so they make the most money. The others then beyond that are ACC, who have just added, and the Big 12. It's, it's going to turn into like baseball and moneyball. Mm-hmm. The programs that are in those smaller conferences that do it smart, that, that do it the Billy Bean way and yeah. say, look, we can't do it like them. We've got to use this money smarter. We're never going to make – we might make 40 or $50 million a year. They're making 100 but, but, and, and the, the SEC is making 80 But we've we got to do more with 50 but, yeah, exactly. but, but at least we're making 50 and not 10 yeah, yeah, we're we're in the game. <laughs> yeah, we're in the game. And if you know, it's you know, how much of it every year turns into luck of you know, and, you, and of course that funds your entire athletic department, yeah. not just football. And the schools that are west now have to budget in the travel for all of their sports to travel to go play wherever they have to play. That's going to rise up, and that go comes back to the geography problem that you know you're not just playing football in these conferences; you're playing volleyball and baseball, and so you've got a budget flying from Los Angeles or Salt Lake City to wherever you're going. Uh, that is a cost, but it, it's better. This is where SMU is. This is better to be in the group of 68 and in that group for the next 10 years and beyond than it is to not be because you're, yeah. at that point you're in the minor leagues. You yeah. really are. And, I mean, if you look at that number 68, that's how many teams are in the NCAA basketball tournament. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's a nice number. <laughs> nice round number. Like, I did hear you all talking this morning about the new names of conferences, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of – you mentioned that the uh, – the Big Ten may try and change to the conference. I've heard that rumbling that, that they would just call it the conference. Does it not sound like Ohio State came up with that idea? <laughs> yes, it does. That you, the Ohio State plays in the conference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if Why Michigan, do we need a name? We're just the conference. We're the conference. We're no. the elitists in Chicago and New York. <laughs> then Miami, the Ivory Tower. It'll be the only one where he's like, "Well, we have to be in 
the Big Ten. We have to be in the conference. We're the U. Right. <laughs> we We're the U. No. Uh, again, that, we'll see where that comes. At some point, it gets ridiculous to call them big numbers. Yes. Because the numbers don't even match up. They haven't matched up in a long time. And I've been told with good friends close in the uh, the Big 12 that Brett Yormark, who's a visionary, he's this guy from outside, he's a, he's a unicorn who doesn't understand this whole world, he wants to rebrand it. I mean, he would love yeah. to call the Big 12 something new and come up with something jazzy and brand it and sell it. Um, but it'll happen in the next, it, won't, it won't happen immediately um, because the, the schools that they brought in just now, the Colorado, Central Florida, they're trying to recruit on the Big 12. Yeah. So they need that for a couple of years. But don't be surprised by 2025 or 6 if the Big 12 does brand a new name, whatever oh, it, it becomes. No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I what mean, did you think of the ACC now as the All-Coast Conference? I like that one. That was I, good, right? I like that one because, yeah, you're still going to be the ACC. but Don't then, change anything. Just call it the All-Coast Conference. Yeah, you just go in there and write a couple L's over. <laughs> the yeah, the All-Coast Conference. You're in. <laughs> no, I like that. That, that. That's a good one for them, and especially if, again, you know, when they – and their TV rights aren't up until 2036. I, I can't imagine that this conference stays together until 2036. So you may end up trying to bring in – you know, uh, San Diego State or somebody like that that the Pac-12 was looking at over on the conference uh, over in California to you know. I think we're done at sixty-eight. No, no, no I but I'm saying I'm saying seventy-two would be the max. Yeah, but it's it's somebody if if somebody leaves the conference and goes somewhere else. Okay. So if someone so if you have a if you basically if so if the SEC tries to oust somebody or, or the Big Ten or Big Twelve whoever oust somebody basically to bring in an ACC a Florida or a Florida State or Clemson. Yeah, because any other move is going to be within the sixty-eight. Yeah. And so if we see that, then I could see ACC trying to add somebody else in just to – Sure. Because it is – it's what – I mean, we saw with big, uh, Brett Yarmark in the Big 12 was, all right, well, if they're going to – if two guys leave, we need to get eight <laughs> so, so we can match up. Well, and listen, I, I think the ACC move, it may have, um, according to, to one insider, severed the relationship between NC, North Carolina, Clemson, uh, and, and Florida State. But, again, I think they're banking on the fact they don't have – Anywhere to go because I don't think yeah. the SEC is in any interest. Again, ESPN will determine because Clemson's not a big media market. Florida State and Tallahassee, minor, doesn't even matter. They already get the Deep South uh, and, and the deep, South and the Deep South in the SEC. They don't need that. ESPN does not. And they'd rather have those big brands anchoring the All Coast Conference, yeah. right? Um, so I think they're banking that they can, and there'll be a battle of lawyers. But you can fight all you want to get out, but you have to go have somewhere to go if you're Florida State and Clemson yep. and someone that wants you. I don't know that they have that. As I said off the top, North Carolina would be the one that I think would have a home because I think both would like to have either uh, have a North Carolina. But I, I think the ESPN would still hold steady with them. The other thing that this move did is it anchored North Carolina, or excuse me, Notre Dame into the ACC because the ACC was a huge proponent of Stanford Cal. You know, SMU was a throw-in. Yeah. They were pushing. They were one of the strongest lobbies and voices for adding the two California schools because that's – those are – I mean, Stanford's one of their biggest natural rivals. Yeah. Uh, and, I can, and, and so it, now they're in, in the same conference together because the Big Ten's been trying to lure the Notre Dame in for years, decades into the Big Ten. This now secures them in the ACC and keeps them out of the Big Ten. Yeah, and that's – the other part with UNC is if they, if they do try and do a switch – there's, you know, there is Duke still to be talked about, which ESPN would love to keep that basketball game played every oh, yeah. year and make it a big rivalry. So there is something of that where they probably not want him to move because I don't think the Big Ten wants Duke either. Yeah, you can't move North Carolina and Duke out of the same conference. Exactly. That can't happen. So that's where, I, yeah, I agree with and you. And again, ESPN is going to tell them what to do. All right, let's push uh, weekend games. We'll talk about that next segment. We'll get to Patrick's big fat poll today. Ty, you got the sounder for us? Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. 
All right, we'll post this up. We posted yesterday uh, about where you want to watch the game, where is your favorite place to watch a game, overwhelmingly at home. Overwhelmingly. See, because like, we invest in our man caves. We do. I, I thought that at the game would have a good shot at it. I thought some people would still like that. It's more but enjoyable, it was, especially it was, tomorrow. There was still Lord. like only like a third of people wanted uh, at the game or, or a quarter of people wanted at the, at the game. So uh, today's big fat poll of the day. If you watch either of the games last night, there was a lot of things that cannot happen in a game. And this is what we talk about with Sark and uh, mental errors and things that you're watching for in this Rice game, where uh, the easy one is in Nebraska. There was a play. It was a third and six, and uh, the linebacker started trying to get the attention of a lineman because he was not lined up correctly and clapped for him right in front of a referee who was like, up oh, imitating the snap count, five-yard penalty. It becomes oh. a third and one easy pickup, and, uh, and uh, Minnesota can walk on down the field. And then the one for Florida, which was inexcusable for a coaching staff, was a punt. They get the stop. They punt the ball on a third and f- on a fourth and four, and they had two number threes on the field. Florida did on the return. Which gave him a first down. Gave him a first down. They come in and score. Utah goes down and scores. Eight. Just those eight. are the kind of things. That's Charlie Strong not getting the the, the coin flip right. Yes, it's, these are things that get Billy Napier fired. Fortunately, those, they couldn't watch it on ESPN in Orlando <laughs> on Spectrum. On Spectrum, on Spectrum <laughs> you could. No, but that was those are the kind of mental mistakes in football that drive everybody nuts. There's what we don't want to see. Uh, on Saturday against Rice because you, you can have it against Rice and be fine, but you cannot have it against Alabama no. in week two. So you want to see that, that Sark has his team ready to go. So I, the you know, I, I was watching that, and I saw it happen, and I never understood what the penalty was. Yeah, it was just two number threes on oh. the field. There was two number threes, and then Billy Napier was asked about it after the game, and he said, well, one of them's in a safe protection, and one of them is there if we're rushing. And we were trying to get one off the field, and we couldn't get him off the field in time. Call so, timeout. Yeah. You, you got time out. it was a first down. And, yeah, it's, it, and they it's scored like, a touchdown you, you, about You knew it was happening, and no one was like, hey, we're about to. And they scored a touchdown about three plays later. Yes. So that was what it was. So Utah. a terrible mental mistake. But I want to ask you, Patrick Big Fat Pull today, tell us on the Specs text line. Ty will give us the best answers. 512-337-3776. What mental mistake in football drives you the craziest? Is it the, is the jump offside on a, on a third or fourth and short that gives them a first down? Is it that, that jump sna- or the, the jump of the offensive lineman? Is it, is it something of a missed timeout at the end of the half, that mental mistake of you know, not getting the I have the mine. Ball I don't know if you have it listed as a poll I, question. I don't have it down. We're, this is what we're going to put it down. It's, is, it's, it's the guy that's over the ball that jumps offside on defense. Yeah. Like he's over the ball. He just set up over the ball. He's over the ball. <laughs> like he's looking at the ball. <laughs> and he still goes. You can train a dog better to not move. He's looking at the ball. Like, like what are you that. doing? So we'll take the best. Yeah, it's it's we'll, a defensive tackle that jumps offside on fourth and two. Fourth and two gives them it's a drawn off sides by the hard count when the ball is right in front of them. We will give that. So put those answers in. We'll find the best ones from the Specs text line. We'll put that up a poll on social media after and get everybody's vote on the big fat poll today. 512-337-3776 is the Specs text line. Ty Henderson back in the studio. He will tell us your good answers. But what mental mistake in football drives you the craziest is the poll question today. And if you want to come say hey to us and tell us in person, you can come on out to Round Rock Hyundai. We're going to be out here till 645 Having a good time. It is their ultimate grand reopening. Uh, they're just completely remodeled inside out. The place is really nice in here right now. Uh, there's exclusive customer lounge, uh, Hyundai factory program for vehicles, and incentives available. There's a bunch of people out here looking at cars right now. You could be one of them, too. Do not let me buy a car on the way out of here, y'all. Please. <laughs> Don't. 
I, we know Aaron came up. I tried to tackle me earlier when I pulled in in mine. I'm like, it's got a little ding on it. It's like, you want, you want a new one? <laughs> you want a new one? No. You can come get it and check it out, though. Take a test drive. <laughs> Don't let me do it. Uh, and look, 1019 works great down here. So you can come and listen. We'll get make sure 1019 is on the radio when you come to get your test drive as well. And you can keep listening. To You'll the love show. the car. I will tell you that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will get into uh, the weekend games, some of the bigger games that are happening uh, this weekend uh, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Here on the Sports Complex, we are out here at Round Rock Hyundai getting you all set up. You can check out the new iconic Hyundai electric vehicle that can get you set up there. There's an iconic 5 that's an SUV, an iconic 6 that's a sedan. All you got to do, come on down. Round Rock Hyundai, it's exit 254 behind the McDonald's. It's the grand reopening. Come on out and join us. We will be down here till 645. Some 512 Friday there for you. Robert Johnson, we're going to do all blues today. Local nice. Bands you can go check out. This is Robert Johnson's soul. He is playing down south, very far south, so very much on the other side of 35. But it is uh, Giddy Ups. He is playing down there tonight. Holy Giddy Ups. That's uh, not far from my house there. Yes. Robert Johnson's soul. Fun fact, Robert Johnson's soul, on this record, my dad is the bass player. Now, Robert Johnson, there's a legendary blues man, There Robert is a legendary, and this is his actual name, too. Okay, cool. And so he, well, there's very, a lot of Robert, Bob Johnson. He, he was playing in a band with my, with my dad at the time, and they were trying to think of a name for the band, and we're like, well, if you do anything Robert Johnson, Google is dead for you. Because <laughs> Robert Johnson blues, Robert Johnson's guitar, Robert Johnson. Yeah. It's going to end up. But Robert Johnson's soul, they're awesome. They put on a really good show. And Giddy Ups is a old school. Yeah. In a in a sea of new buildings and new concrete and all flashy, Giddy Ups is old school, brother. It is old school. And they school. have a shuffleboard player on the patio that is awesome. <laughs> and you will get to see uh, a guy who comes in with all his guitars, and I think he drives a uh, a Roadrunner. Yeah. He's got it's, – it's all old they're, school. They're, they're guaranteed to be someone sitting at the bar right now that drove a Dodge Duster to Giddy Ups. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But go check that out tonight on a 5-1-2 Friday. Uh, let's get into a little bit of the weekend games, Aaron. Can I mention one thing? That, yes. That I've been thinking about this more than I should because you have glossed something you do called the big fat, Patrick's Big Fat Poll. Of the day. And I wanted to tell you I think that's a great idea. <laughs> but I don't know how to say that complimentary. Hey, I like the I, I, like, your, I like your Big I, Fat uh, Poll. Uh, every time. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Patrick, that, that, I, I like that whole Big Fat Poll thing. Yeah. It's no, I know. It's that's the reason. I just want to put. Oh, it. Oh, I know. I get it. I get what you did there. <laughs> no one, no one wants to steal my big fat pole. It's okay. It's Patrick's big or fat pole. Or see it. <laughs> but you can join the conversation about the Patrick's big fat pole. But they can, they pole. can vote in it. They can vote, and they can send in their stuff, and then we, <laughs> we end up, we end up. What we do is we take all your answers off the text line. Hello. Take them and put them into a poll on social media, and you can all vote. We take the is best. Ty doing that right now? Or Ty is going sleep, through. Sleep under the no, board he's, back he's there. ready to do it. We'll do it in the next <laughs> segment. We'll read those off. But five one two three three seven three seven seven six. What mental mistake in football drives you the craziest? Uh, you can join that conversation. Text us in there. Uh, let's get into the weekend games though, because there's a few games. There's there's a bunch of games happening, but it is early preseason, and a lot of these games didn't play week zero, so they're you know putting their first kind of 
you know, get it out of the way, get, get the dust off games. Uh, but there's a few that are sticking out to me as ones that you want to watch. And the first one I'll go with is the 11 a.m. It's the game that everybody's going to watch even though it shouldn't be close, which is Colorado TCU. Yeah, I agree. The TCU rolls it up on them, but I, everyone will be watching it. Everyone's going to be watching it. This is the, the stat where you go, TCU lost a lot of guys. They only have 10 returning starters. Do you know how many returning players there are for Colorado? Uh, on the whole team? 16. 10. Oh. So the returning starters. Over. Ret- Bob Barker. <laughs> dead. <laughs> 10 returning starters for TCU. 10 returning players for Colorado. I believe three of them uh, were starting at the end of last season. <laughs> So it is a completely different team. Uh, this is why everybody's going to tune in. A, it's Dion. A, it's TCU. you have no idea what you're going to see. I know it's it's Dion, and then it's you know SMU was in or excuse me TCU was in the national championship game a year ago, so they're kind of a, a fancy program to start the year to see yep. what they look like replacing all the dudes they are. But yeah, this has never been done before. It's Dion, and what he's done has never been done. No, I mean, he has flipped a roster in one off season. Yeah, because you would normally watch this game to say these guys that played for the national championship last year lost a bunch of players. Chandler Morris, who was a starter last year and got hurt, and, and, for, and Max Duggan came in and, and took him all the way, but he's coming back to start this year. It, but then Shadur Sanders, we don't know. I mean, he played against it was lesser opponents in HBCU, but we don't know, too, because they're not playing a bunch of big games against, you know, uh, uh, top power five talents. So we don't know what he's going to look like coming out in that first week. I know. It, it's just the complete unknown. Because if it goes good, everybody's going to be like, holy cow, Dion, are you kidding me? And, and, you know, trust me, Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff, and they're aware of this. Yeah. They understand what a, a uh, actual threat Colorado <laughs> is in the Metroplex recruiting. If they were to walk in there and find a way to win that game or even make it close based on the team who was in the national title game a year ago, and a team that flipped the entire roster and have brought brought in Deion Sanders, who a lot of by the way TCU interviewed Deion when they were looking for some, when they ended up hiring Sonny Dykes. So I mean Deion is such a gravitational force in recruiting right now because he's Deion. Yeah. He's got this presence, and Sonny Dykes understands that if they were to come in and win or keep it close and be in this game, it, it, and they're about to be a future conference mate. That is a massive. And if they get a chance to run it up on them, they will. I mean, trust me, there. Trust me, TCU will. Oh no, because well, you have to. Because basically, you don't know the the guy from down the, the end of their bench may be a freshman who is a five star freshman. Who he's gonna, he's, you have to protect your recruiting turf. Yeah, and you have to rec- protect your recruiting roster. Yeah, and you have to watch out that this team could probably put up fourteen points at some point in the game, just because. Hey, well, we have these freshmen now who we put in, and you've got your second string in because you're, you're up 24 points or 30 points. I, I, it, you have to, if you're TCU, basically plan to play your starters as much of the game as you possibly can. And I think, it, well, you know, and then after you said, well, it's game one. We just got reps, man. We need guys to play. Yeah. We got to get these guys. It's all brand new players for us, too. We need to get them in the game. But, I mean, to your point of why it's so um, must-see TV is we've never seen it done before. It's Deion Sanders. And everything in my core says it can't work. Like, you can't just throw a team together, yep. no matter how talented the players you brought in are, and all of a sudden it's cohesive, goes on the road, and can compete with a program that's established like Sonny Dykes has at TCU. And throw in a head coach that has two, three years' experience. at the Yeah, at the uh, HBC, HBC level. Yeah. <laughs> which, again, the, the, but the fascinating part is everything tells me it can't work. It can't be good. good. What if it is? Exactly. If it is. What if it's good? What if they're competitive? That will be an unbelievable story. And how many times have you had a game where there will be fans in the stand wearing 
a jersey for the team that's in your city of the player that is coaching against you? Because you know there's going to be some Dion jerseys in there. Well, because he's, he's you know, for a lot of Cowboys fans, he's one of their favorite players that ever played for the Cowboys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? They're like, oh, my gosh, we've got my 21. Though we're in the Cowboys 21. Um, you know, it's, that, it's a huge story. It's good for college football. It's good for eyeballs. Uh, I can't wait. I, I don't think the game's going to be close when it's all said and done, but I will be front and center. Rod Babers and I will be watching it down at the Mockingbird Saloon getting ready for our pregame show go. for Texas at noon. So that's where I'll be, 30, uh, 27th in uh, Guadalupe. Yeah, that is going to be – it's just going to be a fun – it's a really fun way to kick off football season on a Saturday morning because it could – you just I, – I think even out of the half, you don't know what to expect, even if TCU's up you know, three or four scores at halftime. I have no idea. You have no idea what, what to, expect to expect coming out of the half because it's Deion Sanders. He may come out with an entirely different starting lineup. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like going into <laughs> last night's game, we talked about it yesterday at Lavaca Street, right? It's like, well, I, you know, Utah is going to be really physical. They're going to be well coached. They're going to be tough. Florida is traveled, and they have the hurricane issues. They yeah. might be a little discombobulated. They, Graham Mertz is not a very good quarterback. I knew what to expect, and the game was exactly kind of how I thought it would go. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was even except for some dumb Florida mistakes, and who knows if that was the travel and the hurricane and all that, or is just Billy Napier is not very good. Uh, this game, I have no idea. Because well, not only is, is prime time and what he's done – TCU replaces every, the best player at every position on their team. Yeah. Like yeah. every position on their team they replace. They still have good players, and they still have Chandler Morris, who was supposed to be the starter last year, and their defense has got some dudes who are all Big 12. But I just don't know what I'm going to see tomorrow. No, I have and, no idea. And when you talk about last night, that Minnesota-Nebraska game did not go how we thought it was at all. Yeah. No, Matt Rule looked like he was going to win until the end of the game. and Snatched a defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> That's exactly right. UNC is taking on South Carolina. UNC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. You would think that it's my number... favorite game of Saturday. It, this is probably the best game on Saturday. It's, you know, it's a ranked UNC team. You have a Heisman uh, candidate in Drake May. It, it, it shouldn't be this close. But South Carolina is going to be able to put enough on there. People still don't know about Spencer Sanders. There's still this hope that Spencer Sanders, Spencer figure, Rattler, Spencer Rattler, sorry, can turn it around. There's still the hope for Rattler. There, uh, you remember when he was supposed to be the number one draft pick yeah. at Oklahoma, and he was the Heisman winner, like consensus, and he played one half against Texas, and then bye. <laughs> and was, Here comes Caleb Williams, and then, and, lightning bolt. In one game, you took the number one overall pick out of the draft, and you created another one overall pick. In one game. And, and you know, your, our friend Rod Babers would tell you that Pete Kwiatkowski's defensive game plan was too good because it got him benched. And, you know, uh, but I was at the Cotton Bowl that day, and I'm telling you, I've never seen this before. I've been to a many, many a, a Texas-Oklahoma game. I've never seen a player who played for Oklahoma so disliked than Spencer Rattler. They, oh, yeah, like, yeah. And it wasn't even the general fan. It was the, it was the student body. So whatever Spencer Rattler did behind the scenes and on that campus – they hated Spencer Rattler by that game. And when he turned it over twice in the first quarter, it was they wanted to, like, carry him out and, and get him off the game. And, and when Spencer, when Caleb Williams came in on that fourth down play that changed the game, place erupted. Place, Oklahoma erupted. Oh. Not only did, was he not playing well, the fan base hated him. Yeah, I've never is... seen that before for an Oklahoma player. They love whoever. They love Bosworth. They love all their guys. We will see, we will see if Rattler has that same effect in South Carolina against UNC. Uh, I also love the story of British Brooks. Who's that? Uh, he is a running back for uh, North Carolina. He was averaging nine and a half yards a carry when he got hurt uh, two seasons ago. Okay. He has missed. He has not played football, suited up in North Carolina gear in over 600 days. He will be returning. Uh, he's big in the special, uh, special teams. It's his sixth year at North Carolina. 
I so, love this. So it's and, an interesting player to watch. And uh, my man Rod Babers, who would say that uh, you know he played for Mac Brown, of course, recruited by Mac Brown. When Mac Brown has a good quarterback, his teams are typically good, and he's got maybe the second best quarterback in the country. But here's the deal: if you look at both of those teams last year, both teams were roughly 500 through yeah. 10 games or nine games. South Carolina won their last four games, including wins over Tennessee and Clemson in the Orange Bowl, uh, or Clemson late, and then that knocked them out of the national title picture. Uh, North Carolina lost their last four games last year. They were they were they were right where they wanted to be, uh, and they no actually they were one lost team and then lost four in a row to end the season because they play no defense and people figured out Drake May a little bit. I, I'm interested in this game because I think South Carolina went into the offseason on a super high and North Carolina went in on a low. Uh, I want to see what this game looks like. That's a, that's the night game, right? That is, uh, yes. That's, that's going to be a good game. And then also in that, Rattler and South Carolina were averaging over two turnovers a game per all season last year, which is not a great number to have. So if, if North Carolina can turn over South Carolina, then it's the North and that's Carolina. And that's what flipped in those last few games. Yeah. And again, they beat, ten, uh, Hendon, they beat Tennessee without Hendon Hooker. Yeah. After he got hurt, uh, so that was a big part of it. But again, they and I, I'm a big Shane Beamer believer. I, I like him. I, you know, um, Coach Beamer's son, Frank Beamer's son. I like him. I think he is a dynamic young coach. And you got the older Mac Brown. I, I like that game a lot. Yeah. And finally, the Sunday game. That is the premier game of the week. Number five LSU versus number eight Florida. LSU's favored by two in this game. Uh, Mike Norvell is bringing back a lot of talent and guys that he lost. He has brought in a transfer portal. He's got. Uh, Offensive guys coming back, the offensive line and D-line both look really good for them. But they don't have a secondary. And then you get Jordan Travis versus Jaden Daniels. It, like Florida State here. I, like, I know they're an underdog in their own backyard in Orlando in the neutral site game. I like Florida State. And this is also, you got to say, that this is one of those games where I talked about conferences and people watching to see which conferences can do better and bigger. LSU and Florida. This big is big statement game for this them. This is big for Brian Kelly and the SEC or or the ACC because ACC has been down the last few years. If the Florida State wins this, they're back start in the trend. Yeah, and they also play Clemson early, right? Yeah, they have another big early game. Florida State. No, yeah, Clemson's early this year for them, I believe. I believe so yeah, I'll look at their schedule. But uh, and I wonder. We talked about Florida yesterday. Did that? I mean, the hurricane hit Tallahassee and Jacksonville. Essentially, I wonder what their game week prep has been. At Florida yeah, State, I, I don't know. From everything I've read, it hasn't affected them as much because it's a Sunday game. And they didn't have to travel? So, and, yeah, so there's less of a pain for them that they were kind of able to be indoors for a lot okay. of it and, and not too bad. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's – and then the weather is supposed to be – for that game is it's supposed to be very humid outside. But that is <laughs> – Balmy and tropical. <laughs> that is what they've said. All right, got to take another break. When we come back, we will get Ty to read off some of your answers for the Big Fat Poll today. What mental mistake in football drives you the craziest? 512-337-3776. We'll be right back here on the Sports Complex. We are here at Round Rock Hyundai. Come on out and say hey to us. Round Rock Hyundai, it's right off of exit 254 behind the McDonald's. We'll tell you more about it when we come back here on the Sports Complex, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Complex here on the Horn out at Round Rock Hyundai. You can come out and check us out. Exit 254. Go right past that McDonald's. It is the grand reopening. It's a party here all weekend long. Uh, they've done a complete remodel inside and out. Uh, they have this big exclusive custom lounge that it looks very nice in here now. Uh, and uh, they say they were just talking to them and they were saying that uh, it was packed earlier today, but it's clearing up. So it's going to be ready for another day tomorrow for everybody to come out and check out their new Ionic 
electric vehicles. They have the Ionic 5, which is the SUV. They have the Ionic 6, which is the sedan, wherever you want to pick there. They also have a bunch of nice cars like a Genesis, which is what Aaron Hogan likes to drive. And, you know, uh, the, the, if you want to tether the Genesis to sports, Tiger Woods was in a Genesis when he had his car accident, one of the, SU, <laughs> the new SUV, and I don't know that he'd be alive. That, that was a great testimonial for a, 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 Honda, a Hyundai Genesis, which is yeah. their uh, luxury brand. Because that's what he was speeding in when he crossed the median and flipped the the, the, the Genesis. How he lived in that deal, I still don't get it. He was no. going 70, 75 miles an hour yeah. uh, into a ravine, and he, you know, he broke his leg, but he's fine. Yeah, that is an amazing. That's amazing. That is an amazing thing. Great Ty, cars, great cars. Ty Henderson back at the Horn Studio since we are out, and we have asked you for the big fat poll of the day. Uh, what mental mistake in football drives you the craziest? Uh, we have said Aaron Hogan's is that it is the the lineman lined up the, over the ball, just the def- the nose guard or the defensive tackle who jumps <laughs> offside on third or fourth and short because of a hard count. Yet the ball is sitting right there, yeah. like it's sitting right there. And I've never played that position. I can't. But again, don't. It's there. Yeah, like don't don't move until the ball moves. The ball's got to move before you can move. Yeah, I always hate the uh, the quarterback, especially who, on third and fourth, because you know they're coming to do a hard count. Yeah, I always hate the quarterback who gets out and knows full well that he's not going to get it before the delay of game, and will just just fake oh. it and snaps it, but snaps it a full second late. Where it's just bad. There was one of those last night where they should have called a timeout. I can't remember which game. That's it was. another good one. I hate it in this day and age where they protect the quarterbacks too much, or enough. To where when they're rolling out of bounds and, and they, if they throw it away, they save 10 yards, but they just run out of bounds. Oh, that was the David Carr. Yes. That was the David Carr. You know what I'm talking about the when Texans. they run out of bounds and it's like, dude, just throw it into the stands and save 10 yards here. What are you doing? Uh, the David Carr. That, yeah, you're right. That, as a Texans fan, when they first started, <laughs> that David Carr, the amount of untouched sacks that man took. And he was chased, but he never got – he would not yeah, get He was shell-shocked. <laughs> this guy was like in Vietnam or something. He's, he would run out of bounds five yards behind the line. You're like, just throw it away. The guy's six yards behind you. Just throw it away. They give you every protection. Take advantage of them. Save me ten yards. <laughs> Ty, do we have any – just kind of like walk out of bounds. <laughs> Ty, do we the have ball any, in their hand. any good text on the text line? Uh, here somebody said a uh, player dropping the ball – in a celebration right before crossing the goal line to Sean oh, Jackson. Oh, good yeah, one. That's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, mental mistakes you have of the one refs job. being biased or not being consistent. Oh, the ref. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, I like that. Too many players on the field for a punt or kick. Uh, how does a player not know they're supposed to be on the field or not? Uh, yeah. And this is also probably mine here. Receivers dropping the ball when it hits them in the hands. <laughs> that that is a worthy. mental mistake of – yeah, there was a kid for Utah last night had a wide-open crossing around. It just bleep, hit him right in the oh. hands, and he no one was near him. That's still that first play in that game where Utah goes 70 yards. It still feels like that defensive back just misplayed that ball so badly. He tripped his own guy. <laughs> it's just, they were right there, and then somehow Utah came out of it with the ball when it should have been intercepted. Like, what a great pass. I was like, that probably should have been picked off yeah, if yeah. Florida knew how to play. Uh, yeah, those are some good texts. Keep them coming, 512 512- Three three seven three seven seven six is the Specs text line. What mental mistake in football? I will say that and add to that, not to pile on our friend Charlie oh, yeah. Strong, but the game that it was the most galling because I, I covered and did the post game show when Mac Brown's team at the very beginning of the Mac tenure had three punts blocked, three punts blocked in one game, one game <sighs> against North Carolina State, and it's the only reason they lost the game. It was a home game, which made it a hundred times worse. Uh, the people were not happy after the game. Uh, three punts. Not one, not two, not three, LeBron. Three punts blocked, and they lost. But Charlie Strong, in a game at Oklahoma State, had three extra points blocked. Not missed by his kicker, blocked by the same guy. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta put a protection over on that guy. <laughs> you, okay, one. Let's let's huddle up. Let's figure this out before our next extra point. No, no, they didn't. And then okay, second time. Got it. All right, guys, we're gonna huddle up. We're gonna yeah. get this no, right. One, one time is an accident. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is enemy action. Three times. <laughs> that is terrible. That is a. There was apparently a play yesterday in one of the smaller games. Uh, where they had the ball, I believe, on the other team's 45, they were punting. It was either their 45 or their team, and ended up with a safety. Oh. He snapped the ball that hard over the punter's head. <laughs> like a missile. That he, it rolled all the way back, and the punter kicked it out on like the two-yard no line. Way. He just kicked it out the back of the end zone. But it was the just a punter running full speed to try and kick the ball in the back hey, of the end zone. Hey, uh, can we ask Ty Henderson back at the studio, who played for Todd, the great Todd Dodge at Westlake, uh, give me your worst penalty you ever committed, Ty, and uh, <laughs> what penalty drove Todd Dodge and the coaching staff the most crazy? Um, the worst thing, I, you just mentioned snapping the ball over the quarterback or punter's <laughs> oh, head I remember a few times. And I, <laughs> you I, had to play the deep snapper. <laughs> I did that uh, four times in one game and scored eight points for the other team. Um, <laughs> so that was probably my worst moment. Uh, but Todd Dodge really. That's not one moment. That is that is a worst day. Yeah, it was a it was a tearful. And I love that after game. that happened, you 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 got put you got thrust into a situation of playing deep snapper when you'd never done it before. No, it was a, I game. was the deep snapper, and they made me play center because <laughs> oh. the center failed like in school. So oh, we couldn't that's play right. You, for you a were game deep snapping. Then they thought you could play center yes. at two hundred and eighteen pounds. Yes. Yeah, it didn't and work you out. You snapped too well. it over the quarterback's head. Yes, and scored four safeties. And, and, and you said your dad didn't talk to you for a week. No, yeah, he was not happy on the ride home. <laughs> no. You know why, but you know why they thought he could play center? Because he's 6'3", 215. Yeah. And we've all seen 6'3", 215 looks a lot different than we thought it did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so the president, former president, <laughs> yeah, he's 215. Ty, did you, uh, and what was the, the, what was the penalty that, that uh, caused the most strife on the, on the sidelines? Uh, probably just procedural penalties, like false starts and stuff yep. like that. Illegal, yeah. illegal motion, you know, stuff that can be Mental controlled. Mental mistakes. Yeah. Mental, yes. It is what we want to avoid tomorrow. Uh, but today, come on out and join us. We're out at Round Rock Hyundai. We're going to be here today. <laughs> Eight six points for the other team. <laughs> it's a solid play. Ty, Ty, it was a good day. It was a, that's one of those days where on, on, pump, on snap four, you just go, you know what? It can't happen four times, right? <laughs> can't, this can't happen again. Cause, that's because his dad was up in the stands with all the fans. Going, oh, no, Who is my... this person tapping the ball over the person's head? He's See, the, his dad wasn't it. there on snap four, I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. He was in the car already. He was waiting for me <laughs> in the car. Round Rock Who is this center? <laughs> Exit 254 behind the uh, McDonald's. It's a grand reopening. We'll be here till 645. We'll be right back on the Sports Complex on 1019 and 1260. Horn app and hornfm.com.